Welcome to the Tape Ministry of the Embassy of the Word of God, where God is releasing men and women into exploits through the preaching of the Word of Faith. Be transformed and impacted as you listen to God's Word. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your precious written word. Thank you for the ability to be impacted by your word. We'll not leave you the same. We'll leave you impacted, affected by your word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The gospel, my responsibility. Hallelujah. The gospel, my responsibility. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the verse number 1 to 4, we find Paul telling us what the gospel is. Praise God. Let's read. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. So the gospel is what saves. Hallelujah. The gospel is what? What saves. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you. What I preached unto you. Unless ye have believed in vain. But the gospel saves when you believe in the gospel. And the three says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received... How that Christ died for our sins according to what? The scriptures. According to the scriptures. Number one, he died for our sins. B, the next one, four, please. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So the scriptures, when we talk about the scriptures, we're talking about the Old Testament scriptures, the writings. We're not talking about the whole body of scripture because at the time it was being written, um, we didn't have First Corinthians and what have you. So when he talks about the scriptures, he's talking about what was prophesied by the Old Testament prophets. And in their prophecy, they talked about three cardinal things. The death of Christ, his burial, and his what? Resurrection. And he calls this the gospel. He calls this what? The gospel. This is what we preach. This is what we what? We preach. Romans 1.16, Paul speaking to the church in Romans is, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So the gospel is the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto what? Salvation. That is what saves. The gospel of Christ is what saves. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also what? To the Greek. And how did he deliver the gospel to us? When he died and resurrected. So on his resurrection, he had this to tell us in Mark 16. After he had died and resurrected, he told us this in Mark 16 from verse number 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the earth or all the world, into every ethnicity. 
and preach the gospel to every creature. 16. He that what believeth. So there is a believing to the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So damnation is not when after you have died. That's not when you decide whether you are going to hell or not. No, you decide here. Your fate is decided here. You choose either to believe the gospel or not to believe the gospel. Your believing the gospel is what gets you saved. And what do you believe? You believe in the death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10 as well tells us this. Romans 10 from the verse number 6. The scripture tells us in Romans 10, it's by the righteousness of God, of, which, is, which is of faith, speaketh on this wise. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? Talking about who shall go to hell. That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. In other words, it says that any man that dies without Christ goes to hell. Goes to the deep. So don't say again, he has gone there for you already. And he's going to hell for you. It's so that you don't go to hell. Hallelujah. He's going, so, so don't say again, who shall go again to hell for us to bring Christ again from the dead? He has died already. So his death is my salvation. But I must believe that. But what saith it? The word is nighty in your mouth and even in your heart. That is the word of faith which we what? Preach. Nine. Then it says, how then do people get saved? That if thou shalt confess with your mouth, the lordship of Jesus. So we declare Jesus as our Lord. That is what makes you saved. So you can come to church from now till thy kingdom come. If you have not declared the lordship of Jesus over your life, when you die, you are going to hell. And I, I'm not saying this with any, with any lightness. I'm saying it with all seriousness of heart. Because if you are not saved, you are not saved. And this is why we are supposed to preach the gospel. So that we can preserve humanity from going to hell. What is hell? Hell is a place of torment. Hell is that place of eternal banishment. You have been eternally sentenced. In other words, it's not a place where you wake up and say, oh, I have changed my mind. No, there's no it's a one-way traffic. It's a one-way traffic. You have either gone to hell... <laughs> or you are going to heaven. And it says that when you believe, you are already saved. When you don't believe, you have already condemned yourself. It's not that they, I mean, all the gospel they preach out on that great judgment day, they will bring some people to the left and some people to the right. No, 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 no. So that you can decide whether you change your mind. No, 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 no. You decide here. It says, whosoever shall believe shall not be damned. Whosoever will not believe is damned already. So it's a choice you make whilst you are still alive. It's a choice you make whilst your eyes and your senses are open. And what is the choice? That you believe that the son of man died for you. He went to hell for me. He rose from hell for me. And for this, he has made me a new creation. 
As simple as that. But it says that confess it with your mouth. Declare it. Because you see, what takes people to hell is not their sins. What would take a man to hell is not confessing Jesus as your Lord. He paid for the sins. So the sin is not a problem. Him who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not a man's sins that take him to hell. What takes a man to hell is not declaring Jesus as Lord over your life. When he becomes Lord over your life, sin will no more become a problem. Yeah. Because he has dealt with sin. Praise God. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lordship of Jesus and that thou shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's how the Bible says you are saved. Thou shalt be what? Saved. The question is, ask your neighbor, are you saved? I know you have been coming to church, but ask them, are you saved because if you're not saved you're not you're not safe no ask them look look at them please don't, don't be shy ask them are, are you saved I, i'm i'm your brother i'm your I'm, your, I'm supposed to be my brother's keeper i'm supposed to make sure that you are going to where i'm going to you see <laughs> i like people that say oh you know we we need to take care of our families and I'm not talking about nuclear family, I'm talking about extended family and love our brothers and sisters and all that. No matter how much you love them, the end is when they enter that six feet. If they are not saved, you are not going to the same place. You will never see them ever again. So whatever love you had was earthly love. But there is an eternal love. There is an eternal love. And that love is what Jesus gave to us. He says, love one another. By this, all men shall know that ye are my disciples. Not the brother that came from your The brother that came from your womb may be Satan himself born from that same womb. Oh yeah. You've not seen some brothers and sisters that are demons incarnate. They are your brother, blood brother, but you don't know why they hate you like that, the way they hate you. And in their hating, you are the one that feed them. You are the one that give them, but they hate you. From the same womb. <laughs> From the same womb. Yet they are like devils. The reason is that, you see, every man's destiny is decided by themselves. And other things that come into play. Don't miss any of the prayer sessions. Because I'm teaching you certain things. How that certain children's destinies are affected from the womb. So they come out. Do you think they are your brother and sister? But they are the devil. They are the seed of the devil. And their destinies have already been decided. You think they will ever change. No matter how much you preach to them, they will never change. They are heading for hell. That's what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3. He says the seed 
of the woman shall bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. There is what is called the seed of the serpent, but it's not what you know. What it is when a person has become a child of the devil, right from the womb. There is what is called predestination, where a man's destiny. <laughs> but I'll talk about that another day. <laughs> where a man's destiny has already been decided. And some of them, they have been affected by things around them. The seed of Satan has been planted. Unless God saved them, they are unsaved. So such people, they may be your biological brother or sister. But the wickedness they will perpetuate in the family. You wonder why? Why? We, are all, we all want this family to go forward. But you alone. You alone. What is wrong with you? You alone. Everything you do, you want to, everything we do, you want to scatter. And you look at their life, their life is also not going forward. They look so beggarly. N nothing about them is working. You are the one that's supposed to say, look, what you have, please, show me so that I can also... And you tell them, come to Christ. No. 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 I said this to say this. That <laughs> anybody that is not in Christ, you may be born from the same womb. But the scripture says those are not your brethren. Your true brethren are those that came from the womb of the spirit. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the womb of the spirit. Other than that, you ask yourself, why would a mother use nine months to give birth to a child? And then this same child can never do well and the only reason why they can never do well is because that mother has decided you, I give birth to you, you will never do well. Does it make sense? I said, no, 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 yeah, my, my mother, if you will kill me, you will kill me from the womb. No, 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 no. Don't be naive. He may decide not to kill you from the womb because he didn't have the power to. But you come out and he will decide. That you not do well. He says, my own mother. No, it's your own mother, yes. I'm no, no debate. But you see, you rented his womb, her womb, I beg your pardon, to come into the world. But if that mother is not born again, you are not safe. He may be well-meaning, well, he wants, she wants to do it, but there is a power that withholds the ability to do good. Yeah. It's the same way that's why we go to people, you say, oh, please help me. You know that the man has the money to help you. But you go, oh, please help me. Please, I'm, I need to. The man will say, no, I don't have. And yet, what he's sitting on is money. In fact, if he gets up, there's money. He will take that money and give it to the servant. Go, get, get, get this thing for me. Yet the same money is what you needed. Because he has not been given the power to help you, even though he has it. So men don't help people just because they have it. There is a power that makes them willing. That's why the scripture says even we that are in Christ Jesus, it is he that causes us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Yeah, 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 yeah. To will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. So salvation is very important. And salvation is what is needed to be saved. To be saved and to be saved. 
And salvation is the mandate of every believer. Praise God. John 15 verse 16. Let's, let's look at that quickly. <clears throat> Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whosoever ye shall ask, what, I beg your pardon, whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now, based on what has been said, that you can tell that he's talking about Jesus. Whatsoever you ask of my Father. So the speaker is Christ. But he says, Go ye and bear what? Fruit. What is the fruit of the believer? The fruit of the first fruit of the believer is to get others saved. The first fruit of a believer is to get others saved. You are birthed so that you can birth others. Praise God. Matthew chapter 12 verse 30. You are birthed so that you can birth others. Matthew 12 30. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So if you are in the house of God and you don't gather, you are a scatterer. How do we gather? We gather fruits. The fruits of your salvation is getting others saved. That's why it says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. They that believe. So people will answer the call of salvation when we preach. That's what the scripture tells us in Romans. We read it when Reverend Chico read it earlier. He says, how can they hear unless a preacher goes forth? And how can they believe unless they are preached to? So there is a need for preaching. And there is a need for you to answer that call to preach the gospel. Amen. That is why the theme of the month is the gospel, my responsibility. You don't have to be ashamed. It's the best product in the world. Better than Louis Vuitton. Better than any expensive jewelry you can ever wear. Yeah, 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 yeah. The best brand is Jesus. Yeah. Now, of this thing of making the younger generation feel that Jesus is not the best brand, that you have to sell something else to them before they can believe in Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus is the best brand. Yeah. He's the best brand we can ever sell. No, it's not fake. Louis Vuitton can be fake. Chinese can do something for you now. You think it's Louis Vuitton. Turkish people now can do things for you now. You wear it. When you look at it and the imitation, they look alike. The Ibus, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, you. You are a suspect. They will come after you soon. I didn't say it. Oh. I did not say it. Disclaimer. They will come after him very soon. Osaho, your wife will. I did not say it. She's on her own. Everybody for himself. God for us. Anyway, that's just coffee break. So what are we saying? We are saying that Jesus is the best brand we can ever sell. Presenting Jesus to an unbeliever 
is like a lifeline for that unbeliever about to die. That believe, unbeliever can die the next second. And if you have at least preach it, let them reject it. At least they rejected. Yeah. At least let us preach it. And this is it's a, it's a consciousness of the believer. It must become our consciousness. Not just this thing of, I come to church, I'm praying. This morning I was, um, I was listening to, I have a habit in the morning, I was listening to some churches and all that. I mean, just to just, just get myself in tune with church before I come to church. And then all the testimony in that church is how I went for an, a work interview and I got it. How I got a, a car how I got this, how I got this, God is in this place. I said, so what if God did not do that to you? God is not in the place. So God must, how I got this car, how I got this, all the testimonies arranged like that. And I'm like, that's a selling brand. Yeah. What God can do for you. But people of God, it's not what God can do for you. What can you do for God? After you are born again and you come into the church of God, there is a responsibility on us to do for the kingdom. It is what brings rewards. You see, when we, the scripture talks about the day of judgment, that's actually what it is. It's a day for reward where we bring trophies of the men and the women that we have won for Christ. And the scripture says, when we bring it before God, some of us, our reward will be gold. Some of us, our reward will be silver. All of these are metals that will go through fire. Wood will also go through fire. And clay, clay will become hardened. But if it is stubble, wood, and it goes through the fire, by the time it finishes, there is no reward. And when there is no reward, there will be no crown. So the crown for the believer in heaven are souls. Are souls. Are souls. Year in, year out, we come to church. Nobody is saved to you. That's not a blessing. The blessing God promised Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. But we'll take you from verse 1. The Bible says God called Abraham out of his father's house. Anybody that belongs to the church is a called out person. The Bible calls us called out. It comes from the Greek word ecclesia, the church. Called out one. From two Greek words, ek and kaleo. Somebody being summoned. Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy father's thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show thee. Verse 2. And he says, And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Or in thee shall all ethnos of the earth be blessed. Abraham's blessing. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. I am blessed in the evening. Abraham's blessings are mine. But Abraham's blessings 
is not the cars. It's not the material things. Abraham's blessing is souls. Galatians 3.13, the Bible says that when the seed of Abraham, who was Jesus Christ, was came into this world, the Bible says, through him, he became a curse for us that we may not become a curse. Talking about the Jewish nation, but he goes on to say, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law and being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Right? Remember, when he's talking to this audience, he's not talking to um, he's speaking to Christians, but he's actually talking about the Jewish nation. Especially if you read earlier on, you understand that he's talking to a Jewish mind, okay? Communicating this to a Jewish mind. That the blessing of Abraham might come on what? The Gentiles. So when he says, through you, all nations of the earth shall be blessed. That means the Jews and the Greeks will receive Abraham's blessing. If it is Abraham's blessing, I'm not a natural Jew. So how could I get that? So naturally, it is not physical blessings from Lebanon, um, from uh, Israel, or from uh, <laughs> Lebanon is the Israel, isn't it? <laughs> from Israel, <laughs> or from. <laughs> are, are you understanding me? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon what? Upon the Gentiles, through who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is called the seed of Abraham. That we might, that who are the, now he's now addressing the Gentiles, that we might receive what? The promise of the Spirit through faith. 15. That is a brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Talking about the Abrahamic covenant. Okay. He goes on to, to tell us this. So, Abraham's blessing is salvation. Salvation. For all humanity, Jew, Greek, that's Abraham's blessing, not the cars, not the money. Is God interested in blessing you? Yes. The Bible says he has interest in the prosperity of his servant. Is God ready to bless you with cars? Why not? He says the cattle upon the thousand hills are mine. If I need it, I won't ask you. So if you are his son, you think he won't give you? But our emphasis for what makes us to be Christians and excited about Christ are not things. It must be him and him alone. Pleasing him and making the effort to make sure that everything we do is eternally valuable. Not earthly. The day you die, hmm? you're Bobby Brown. Your Mary Key, your Mark, your whichever one. It remains there. If you are even wearing wig, the day they carry you from there to enter into that mortuary, that wig will fly. You become like our sister. You don't mind me, eh? I love your hair. Yeah, natural. They, become, they just become like, they, that wig will fly. If it is woven with this one, like the one we have here, I'm not going, let me go somewhere. So that I can have food to eat tonight. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, let me come to a man. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Coffee break is over. Let's get out to the world. <laughs> Brothers, <laughs> so whatever you, you, you do for God, all this thing, oh, Father, give me a husband. If you don't give me a husband, I will die. I will die. I will die. God gives you a husband. That husband becomes a thorn in your flesh. A thorn. The thorn in your flesh. Oh, God, give me a wife. God, give me. If you don't give me a wife, I'm not complete. Who told you I'm not complete? Then God gives you a husband. The husband has become your nemesis. The slapper of your Israel. And the killer of your soul. There's, there's not a scripture. It's not a scripture. I'm speaking about very heavy things, so it's very important I make that atmosphere a bit lighter, you know, <laughs> so you, you can laugh. But we are talking about eternal things, not, not, not the mundane things. Is it good to have expensive things? Yeah, if it's your choice. If you have the money, to, why not? Just get it. Use them. You only use them here. When you go to heaven, uh, the, the streets are made of gold, so... You, you, yeah, if you, it's for your using. The Bible tells us that everything that we are blessed with on earth is for what? Our using here. So God is not against you having things, but God is against you putting your focus and all your mind on getting things on this earth that will perish. The day you die, it's all over. You may have the most expensive Rolex. In fact, they will remove it. If they don't remove it, the man at the mug will take it. And it's not tea free. You are dead. What do you have need for watch for? It's God taking. It says, the wealth of he that is about to perish is coming on to. Yeah, so yeah, so you, you, you come with the, the most expensive Rolex. We collect it from you. We say, okay, you enter. Naked you came. Naked you Naked you go. So, all this thing, I want to have this, I want to have that, I want to have this, I don't have this. Paul says something very instructive. He says, when, he says, all you, I wish that all of you would become like me and be single. But in case you choose to marry, you woman, when you marry, you become bound to your husband. Not all this 21st century, no, I have a right, I have a right. Okay, continue having rights. No, I have a right. I have a right. He said, the day you get married, your husband becomes your lord. Your lord. Yeah, yeah. That's your lord there. Yeah, it's your lord. It's your lord. Yeah, it's your lord. It becomes your lord. When he says sleep here, that's where you sleep. Sleep there. That's where he's there. I don't know. I have women's rights. No, no, women's rights. No. No rights. Women's rights. Nine months later, we'll see you with uh, something carrying with in front of you. You know whether you had women's rights. Uh, yeah. You needed something to make you a woman with women's rights. Please, stop this thing. So Paul says that, I wish that everybody would be single like me. You will not have all the stress of marriage. But in case you decide to marry, you are bound. Yeah, you are bound. You are bound. So... All these things, 
I'm just saying that I'm not playing lightly on relationships and all that, but I'm just saying that all these things of the earth are earthly. There are things that are of eternal value. God says, put your mind there. Let me say this quickly and I close. When a man is born again, Jesus says that you are brought into a family. Have you ever seen a woman give birth and left the child at the hospital? And said, please, when you give birth to Juan, you left him at the hospital. And said, they should take care. The nurses should take care of him when you when they are ready. He became your bedding sister, isn't it? His success is now your success. Ah, we are praying, we are praying for you when you make that money, football money. You must bring me bring me tight. If you don't bring me tight, I'll stop praying for you. <laughs> yeah, football money is good now. Can you imagine you have <laughs> I know of a man of God in Newcastle? Two of his sons, they play in Newcastle United. You can imagine. So when they want to buy church, but they didn't go for offering from church. No, no, no. Two weeks pay. They bought church straight. Two weeks pay. It's sorted. Two weeks pay. Two weeks pay, he was sorted. Yeah, it takes the stress away from life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So money is good. There's nothing wrong with money. It's good to have some. But don't make it your priority. Amen. It's, it's not the focus of life. There are better things that are more important than Physical things. Amen. So, you are brought into a family. That family is called the church of God. Amen. It's called where? The church of God. No believer would do very well if you are just born again and you stay out there. He said, oh, no, me, I will be a believer online. This online business is post-COVID business. Or European type of Christianity. Or maybe I think now it's a modern, it's everywhere. It's not even European, it's everywhere. Because technology is advancing. Is it wrong if you are working and you can't make it to church, you watch online? No, nothing is wrong about that. But when that becomes your focus, because of that you can't gather, there is a problem with you. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. The scripture tells us that as many of them that he sent forth to get them to to save. When they were saved, they were brought into a family. That family is called the church of God. So any believer who does not belong to the local church and the house of God has a problem. Because that place is the place of discipleship. It's a place where you are trained to grow, to mature, to be a believer. No, no, I don't need all these pastors. They are all money grabbing. They are fake. We choose to be fake, no problem. Yeah, we, choose, we choose to be fake. Oh. We choose to be money grabbing. So they collect your offering. Yes, why, why wouldn't we collect your offering? When you go, you work, the government collects tax from you, from source, to do the roads. You come to church, you want me to use my money to buy the chair for you to come and sit down. It's responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So we are money grabbing, they are thieves. No, we choose to be thieves, no problem. But when you have problem, it's the same man of God. Please, man of God, this one is beyond me. Please pray for me. I'm a thief now. Why should a thief be praying for you? Which thieves pray, pray, pray for people? Only men of God pray for people now. So what you choose to see is what you see. He says, and they continue steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers. Praise God. They continued. 
the believers guarded and continued. Let's read from verse 46 as well to 47. And the scripture tells us in 46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Believers became connected. You see, no matter how terrible the house of God is, the church may not be physically perfect. They may have imperfections. But it, that, that is God's plan for every believer. Now, I'm not going to church again because all the people there are hypocrites. You yourself, you're a fake person. You are saying you are a hypocrite. Are you not a hypocrite? It's only a hypocrite that knows a hypocrite. Now. A thief knows a thief. And I'm not going to church because all the Christians, no matter how bad a church is, may have imperfections, including even this one. This church has imperfections, too many imperfections. Because there are imperfect human beings here that God is perfecting. So when we come to church, it's a hospital. We come to, so that your, your sickness can be addressed. That's why we come to church. Not because we want to come here and be perfect. If we are fake, perfect, we will be fake. Because you can't see the ugliness in me and say, brother, you, last week you stepped on my feet. This type of thing, you know, relationship-wise doesn't help. Even your own local, natural family, brothers and sisters, don't you fight? And we fight now. We have misunderstandings. So being, having misunderstanding in any church is normal. Go to any Bible, the Bible, the one you read. If there is no misunderstanding in any of the churches that were in that Bible, come and tell me. I'll put the, the, my microphone down. There were many misunderstandings. Things that the pastors have to be addressing. Lazy people that were collecting people's money. They go to Mr. A, please. Lord, what did They go to another one. Paul will tell them, don't be lazy. Go and work with your own hands so that you have money to feed yourself and also give offering in the house of God. Yeah. Yeah. Same Paul. There was one man in the church who went for the wife's, the mother's wife. Huh? They know the father's wife. Father's wife. Father's wife. Father's wife. Father's wife. And, and we're parading it. He will come to church. They will come to church all dressed up. Ready? Paul's church. In Paul's church. Where Paul was a pastor. There were gossips in the church. Their mouth. They can't stop. Same Paul. Women were rowdy. Their mouth would not. They had problems. There were problems in the church. Yet that same church, they were gathering daily. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Breaking bread from house to house. Did eat with meat. With gladness and singleness of hearts. Just make sure you. You. The one that is not perfect. That is not fake. Just make sure you. Your heart is perfect. If me, I decide my heart to be perfect. You, your heart to be perfect. Everybody's heart to be perfect. At the end of the day, all of us, our heart will be perfect now. Yeah. It's as simple as that. So, stop focusing on other people. Focus on yourself. Jesus said, remove the what? The log. In your eyes. Your own eyes. Because there's a big beam in your eyes. Everybody's in your eyes. You can't see well. You see everybody as fake. Everybody as something. Everybody as not correct. You, are you correct? Me, I know I'm not correct. But you, are you correct? <laughs> Me, I know I am not correct. But you, are you correct? 
They have not stepped on your foot yet. That's why we don't know that you are not correct. Let them step on your foot. You, your old will be... Dead. So the reason why we gather in church is to become perfect. Because that is when you rub against one another. That's where your patience will be tested. Your love work will be tested. Your forgiveness will be tested in the church, not in heaven. So now, now, now I'm going to go to church again because nobody forgives them. You forgive first. So apart from saving people and bringing them to church, the church is the place where we grow and we mature. Your emotions are corrected. You are that type, they touch you like... Little thought. You are like little chihuahua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They touch you. Why did you speak to me like that? Can you see how the pastor talked to you? The pastor is just disrespecting you. And you sat there, a whole professor like you. When you are a professor, when you come to church, drop your professorship at the door. Drop it there. Because when we come here, we are all here. This is us. Children of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Children of God. Drop it at the door. Drop it. Professor, you have money. Drop it at the door. If, if you have money, we will even make you important. Whether you bring the highest tight, you don't bring the highest. You see how we do take tight here. Come forward. Ba, 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 ba. I don't even, if you ask me who gives tight, who does it, I don't know. And I don't care. Nobody's putting pressure on you. Just come to church and serve God. Amen. When you have understanding, you will do it anyhow. Yes. And when you have understanding about giving, you give. Yes. Yeah, you give. If you know that the chair you are sitting on, somebody bought it hey. with their money, the part of the offering, you do you give now. You will start contributing. You will not be stingy. Why should we give money all the time when we come to church? Yeah, it's because of those things. The light, we pay for it. The, this whole place is not our own building, so we pay for it every month. Yeah. So that's part of your response. Just like when you are home, you eat, you sleep, you sit. You pay your rent, you pay your light bill. The same. Yeah. Amen. Uh -huh. Am I preaching? I think I'm preaching. It's the best message in the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're jotting it, eh? Uh -huh. Jot it, please. Jot it. So, in closing, what I'm saying is this. When a person is born from the hospital, you take them home. The same way, when a person is saved or you preach to somebody and they get saved, don't leave them there and say, oh, look for any nice church you find. How would an unbeliever know that just got saved, know a nice church? You that came from a nice church and preached to him, bring him to your church now. How can he know a nice church? So you bring him. And the purpose for bringing him is for discipleship. It's for what? Discipleship. This is what the scripture says. That's why, you see, when you're a believer and you're not connected to the local church properly, it's not a good thing because you don't grow properly. You're a believer, you need to be part of the church life. This is how your patience will be tested, your love work will be tested. If you are part of the local church, you need to be coming, you need to be there. We need to know you. The Bible says in Jeremiah 3.15, it says, I'll give you pastors after my own heart who shall feed you, feed you. When you come to church, you come to be fed. 
Not for me to do miracles and do shabakadabra. Receive. Yeah, I do that one too, but it's not magic. It's a, we, we do the miracles. If you want need to perform miracles, we perform miracles. That's not a problem. Yeah, but it's, it's the main purpose for coming to church, they continued in the apostles' word, doctrine. It says, I'll give you pastors after, according to my heart, who shall what? Feed you. Feeding means give you spiritual nourishment so that you grow. And then you stop becoming one kind. Yeah. Ephesians 4 tells us, so that you not be tossed to and fro. Today somebody says, bring oil. You carry oil. Today they say, bring water. They say, this water is from Jordan. The guy has never been to the airport of his country. Then you, moo, moo. Like you carry it. Water that is in tap that you can fetch and buy. Pray over it by yourself. It's a special water. It's been blessed by the man of You brought the oil? You brought oil. <laughs> Please go and cook egg for me to be able to Let's rise to our village. <laughs> Amen. When you are part of the church, be committed. Tell your neighbor, be committed. Yeah, yeah. Let's see you. Tell your neighbor, let's see you. Let's see you. Let's, let's not see you once in a week. Let's see you. Yeah, yeah. Be involved. Be part of the prayer meetings. Because, see, because these things, they, they are all part of our church life and our growth. This is how we grow. This is how you become better. This is how you do well. Hallelujah. Have you received that word? Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've spoken your word as you have given me. And I know that your children are blessed because they have received your word. In the name of Jesus, everything that fights the word of God in your life we curse it in the name of Jesus. And the validity of the word of God in your life, we curse it in Jesus' name. We decree and declare, be blessed, be favored in the mighty name of Jesus. I also want to pray for another group of people who are with our heads bowed. If this morning, for any reason, you are not too sure that you are saved, there is what is called assurance of salvation. And it doesn't matter. You can be coming to church from now to thy kingdom come. There was a pastor that was preaching for a very long time, but was never saved. Because as far as he's concerned, it is something he went to a school to learn how to read and interpret literature. So it was literature to him, but he was never saved. Until one day, a message was preached to him. The pastor of the church ran to the front to be saved. <laughs> pastor. But it has nothing to do with anybody. It's his eternal life and his eternal destiny that is important. This morning, I want to pray for everybody. This morning, if you're not saved, there's an opportunity. The opportunity is very simple. All of us are going to open our mouths and declare this. And if you're not saved, mean it from your heart. Because some may be saying it just because they want to help you to make that decision. So they are standing by you saying the same, but they are already saved. But if you are not saved, the scripture says, believe it with your heart, confess it with your mouth. So we're going to pray now. You want to pray, Father, this morning, I've heard your word. And I have believed your word. I believe that Jesus died for all of my sins. 
and today i acknowledge him as the lord of my life thank you father for forgiving me i receive forgiveness and i also receive the gift of eternal life today i thank you that jesus has become lord of my life i give you praise in jesus name amen father thank you for all of your children this morning and those that are making decisions to be saved today that they have heard the gospel holy ghost preserve them until eternity in jesus name amen hallelujah put your hands together for the lord nobody greater nobody greater than you if you're not sure that you're born again but you want jesus to be resident as the holy spirit he says soon you will see me soon i'll go to the father he says soon you will not see me that's his death but he says soon you will see me because i go to the father the only way we can see him is through the Holy Spirit. If for any reason you want to receive Jesus into your heart, I want to pray for you quickly now, wherever you are. Just pray this prayer with me, declare with me, Father, let the Spirit of God come into me. Let me not be the same. I ask, oh God, that make me a new creation through the work of regeneration, through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ father I receive into my spirit a new spirit I am a new creation from today I refuse to be the son and the daughter of the devil I receive from today the spirit of sonship therefore I take dominion thank you for the gift of salvation thank you for the gift of salvation father i ask that the holy spirit will come into me strong in the name of jesus now pray this prayer me declare me in the name of jesus if you don't speak in tongues declare me in the name of jesus by the evidence of speaking in tongues i received the infilling of the holy ghost and with the outward manifestation to begin to speak in tongues now in the name of jesus holy spirit I receive the gift of speaking in the Holy Ghost now. I went across the deep blue sea, couldn't find one to compare to your grace, your love, your mercy.